1: I've been carefully watching the events in Annapolis, Maryland. And I've written down what we know about this mass shooting. Five people were murdered. An untold number were injured. It happened earlier this afternoon. Likely a shotgun, but not certain. One report said he was a white male in his 20s, as I recall. They don't know the motive and he had no identification. That is all we know. And so as typically happens on cable and elsewhere, they just keep regurgitating this stuff. We don't know another thing. It was a local newspaper office. So we are very mindful that this is a significant news story, real news, but also mindful that it serves no purpose for me to repeat myself for the next three hours. So we will be monitoring this to see if new news is provided by the authorities. The authorities have been very quiet about a lot of the details, and I've watched their press conferences. They've had two now. Those are the facts as we know them. Five murdered Untold numbered injured Suspect in custody And he used a, uh, a long barrel weapon That's it no, no identification And so as I say We'll be monitoring this As soon as we know more You will know more But There is an individual Who already has blamed Donald Trump Where is that Mr. Deuce? I saw that here now, Bill Bratton's been a police chief in about 400 different cities. He's a big lib. And he's on MSNBC. And uh, he says Trump has compounded the problem. This is so irresponsible and horrendous. And he's questioned by Nicole Wallace. A miscreant and a malcontent. A former Republican operative. After the McCain campaign on which she worked, she trashed Sarah Palin, who she was working with. That shows you what class Nicole Wallace has. She's abandoned her party, abandoned her former principals, if she had any. And now she is bought and paid for by MSNBC. And here she is with Bill Bratton, the former NYPD commissioner and the former commissioner of a number of cities. Cut 18. Go.
3: Commissioner.
0: Um, Tom Costello and Clint Watts and Tom Winter have all uh, referenced this charged environment in which we're operating, in, 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 in which uh, journalists, and, and, and I don't know if specifically there were this climate uh, affected the journalists working at the Capital Gazette newspaper in Annapolis where the shooting took place today. But any thoughts you have about, about the climate, about the rhetoric in this country, about news organizations? The,
4: the climate makes it much more difficult to uh... Law enforcement, for example, in the sense of with so many guns in this nation, more guns and people, with so many people who get so wrapped up in uh, issues, whether it's politics. Uh, we just recently saw the president again uh, attacking a CNN uh, reporter as one of the. on that reporter. Uh, so that doesn't help matters at all in terms of
5: directing venom uh the highest
1: Country toward the, uh, the media in this case, and it's just uh, you know uh, you you're, you know you know, Brad, and you're so outrageous, you're so over the top. You don't even have all the facts, and I'm sure when Congressman Scalise was shot in Alexandria, Virginia, on that baseball diamond. I'm sure you talked about Bernie Sanders and his rhetoric and the rhetoric of the left, didn't you? And I'm sure Nicole Wallace over at MSNBC asked you that, didn't she? And the irony here is he's condemning the uh, politics and the hot language and, and allegations that are used. And there he is, using hot language and allegations at the prodding of Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. It's truly disgusting. These people are disgusting. And that's that. I want to move to the Supreme Court. Now, the Supreme Court has a purpose, and the purpose is not what the left seeks to make of it. We had a long discussion about this yesterday, over two hours. And, of course, I've written about it extensively and so forth as well. But I'm sure Commissioner Bratton, retired, would be very concerned about the kinds of language and hysteria coming from media types and Democrat types over the vacancy that has now or will now soon occur. Cut nine. Go. Go
6: elections have consequences and today those consequences are becoming clear
0: it's time for democrats to throw down and what i mean by that is that we've been playing by the rule book and uh, donald trump and republicans have been playing by street rules we need to play by street rules
6: well it's definitely moving further to the right and i think that it's becoming an arm of the republican party for certain Um, We're we're not screwed, we're we're actually screwed for generations.
2: Don't allow a vote on this,
7: don't have a hearing, don't have a meeting, don't let anything go forward. Don't play ball with this decision.
1: Protection against pre-existing condition abuses is at stake. Clean air and water that you use and breathe is at stake. The future of your rights to reproduction decisions is at stake.
5: Well, I think that we should be unafraid to play
0: hardball. Nobody appointed Donald Trump king. Nobody makes it to the Supreme Court without going through the United States Senate. We're looking at a a, a destruction of the Constitution
5: of the United States.
8: There are times to fight, and this is one of them. This may be the pull the fire
5: alarm moment that you have been expecting.
1: There you go. The rational, calm, temperate left. You can't tell the politicians from the TV host, can you? No, you can't. Time to pull the fire alarm. And here's why they want to pull the fire alarm. Because they cannot stop Donald Trump's nominee unless the Republicans help them. Unless Susan Collins and uh, a couple others help them. And they may help them. Now, I want to underscore another point. These people do not believe in the Constitution, except to the extent they can advance their agenda. You heard the long list of issues that this doofus Senator Blumenthal from Connecticut put out there. So in other words, if you support a constitutionalist, you're against clean air and clean water. Are you against clean air and clean water? If you support a constitutionalist, you're against reproductive rights rights. Are you against reproductive rights? Does that mean abortion? Or does that mean the right to have a baby? See how they try and capture the language and position themselves? If you are for a constitutionalist on the Supreme Court, then you don't believe in uh, helping people with pre-existing conditions. So they lay out their long list, their long socialist agenda. They're now proud that they're socialists. They lay out their long socialist list. And if a nominee by a Republican president doesn't meet their litmus test of being status progressive, radicals, then they intend to vote against them. So in other words, a president who wants to nominate a constitutionalist can never count on the Democrat Party ...to support his nomination. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Pretty amazing. And then these people claim the stand for you... ...when in fact they try to confer as much power and authority... ...as they possibly can on the court. And as I said yesterday at some length... ...they don't view the court as a court... ...they view it as a Politburo an ideological hard left Politburo this is how they intend to make their gains ultimately in this country and they've been very very successful there was actually an excellent editorial written over there at National Review, I've been really shocked at all the praise that Anthony Kennedy is getting, he doesn't deserve it he was a terrible terrible disappointment and they write over there, while it is true that Justice Anthony Kennedy was a disappointment to conservatives, the observation misses the point. Kennedy did not owe conservatives' decisions that they liked. What all Americans deserve from him was the conscientious application of the law. That they did not get. It is the true indictment of his time on the Supreme Court. Again and again, Kennedy made rulings that ag- ag- aggrandized the power of the court, and of himself as its swing justice. No justice, right or left, was more willing to substitute his judgment for that of elected officials and voters. No justice was less willing to tie himself down to clear rules or a legal philosophy that would constrain him in future cases, let alone rules or a philosophy that bore a plausible relation to the Constitution. We moved toward a system of government no founder intended, in which his whim determined policy on a vast range of issues. Some of Kennedy's critics said that Kennedy had set himself up as our philosopher king, but the term suggests a level of sophistication and thought that he did not evidence. The trademark of a Kennedy opinion was a verbal effusion that gestured toward profundity without overcoming confusion. Most notoriously, he used an abortion case to opine that at the heart of liberty, is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. Now, nobody who ratified the Constitution or its relevant amendments thought in such terms, nor would any of it be a legal defense against a parking ticket. Kennedy's lack of real guiding principles had the happy consequence that he sometimes voted for the right legal outcome, and even sometimes concurred in opinions that reached the right outcome for the right reasons. But we hope that his successor will have a much stronger sense of what fidelity to the law requires. And any plausible Trump nominee will be an improvement. So they're celebrating Kennedy. Even the president celebrated Kennedy. The president, I think, celebrated Kennedy because Kennedy decided, and in this he's a patriot, that he would retire during Trump's watch. But that's it. Otherwise... In terms of a Supreme Court justice he will fade away like Lewis Powell faded away like Potter Stewart faded away no offense and uh, which we need a strong constitutionalists on the Supreme Court we don't need politicians we don't need referees we need constitutionalists people on the court to do their job and it drives the left nuts they think they own the Supreme Court and as I said, they view it as their Politburo. But it's not. The Supreme Court belongs to you and me. I'll be right back. Mark in. The Democrats, quite frankly, Schumer, at the point all these decades, they supported filibustering justices, then they opposed it, and now they support it again. The Joe Biden rule, you shouldn't be voting on a Supreme Court nominee in the last year of a presidency. They supported that, then they opposed it. Now they support even more than that. That you shouldn't vote on a, on a justice nominee before a midterm election. So if you really take them... At face value, which is hard to do, you shouldn't vote on a justice nominee the year before a midterm election, and you shouldn't vote on a justice nominee the year before a presidential election. So you have a very narrow window in which you can vote on a justice nominee, right? The Democrats should be utterly and completely ignored and their arguments rejected. We know they own the media. We know, unfortunately, they own the language due to the fecklessness of the opposition. But one vote or two votes, the Republicans control the Senate. And the Democrats are now focused on Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. You also have Jeff Flake floating around out there who could be problematic, as well as the other Flake, Bob Corker. If the Republicans can hold their numbers... They will get whatever nominee the president sends to the United States Senate. If it were Barack Obama in Trump's shoes, and the Democrats had a one-vote majority in the Senate, given McCain's situation, uh, there'd be no question that he would get whatever he wants. But we have Benedict Arnold's and we have Betty Arnold's who are more than happy to undermine this president, as was John John McCain when it came to the repeal of Obamacare. And we need to keep this in mind. So the weight is now on Mitch McConnell and the others in the Republican leadership to make sure they can rally all their troops to one of the nominees that is going to come off the list, the excellent list that the president put together prior to the campaign. You know... President Trump, putting together that list, quite frankly, to try to appeal to conservatives who were on the fence, and they got off the fence and voted for him, was one of the most gutsy, transparent things any presidential candidate has done. He says, look, I'm elected president, I'm picking from this list. I'm elected president, I'm picking from this list. So all the people on that list become targets. But Trump says, fine. I want my voters to know, or my would-be voters to know, I'm quite serious about this issue. And he has done a tremendous job up and down the judiciary of nominating constitutionalists. Some are more perfect than others, but that's the nature of the beast. And on the left, they keep revealing themselves. And we need to keep pointing out that they're revealing themselves. They will not tolerate a nominee who is not aggressively pro-abortion in the most radical position on abortion. They will not tolerate a nominee who will not embrace same-sex marriage as a federal constitutional issue. They will go through their long list of social issues, their long list of economic issues, their long list of other issues. Because It's as if they're interviewing a candidate who's running for office. Whereas we, we want to know if they're going to uphold the Constitution. That's the big difference.
2: Mark Levin, making
9: conservatism great again. Dial in now,
1: 877-381-3811. The soft underbelly of the Republican Party gets softer from time to time are a relative handful of uh, senators. congressmen too, but senators. Collins and Murkowski are being targeted by the Democrats. And this is a well-known fact. It's an NBC News reporting it. Within hours of yesterday's retirement announcement from Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy, two moderate Republican women in the Senate, see, they're moderates. If you're conservative, you're right-winger. But if you're a liberal Republican, you're a moderate. And this is what the media do. Uh, They became an important focus of Democrats seeking to prevent Donald Trump from appointing a new justice who could reshape the court for decades to come. Now keep something in mind. Gorsuch was nominated to fill Scalia's seat. And whomever the president nominates will be filling Kennedy's seat. And they're going nuts on the left because they think they own every seat. My view is we put in the best candidate we possibly can, regardless of their objections. And we hope that one or two others retire as well. That's the goal. With little power to defeat a nominee outright on their own, Democrats began to look at Senator Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski again this word moderate both are moderates who support abortion rights and they are likely to face growing pressure should Trump put forward a conservative nominee who might threaten to severely curb those rights Senate Democrats are happy to lead that charge so you have it all ginned up by the pseudo media here's two women they're moderates they support abortion rights Now, this is a strange term, abortion rights. Abortions don't have rights. An abortion is a procedure. A women's rights. Is that what they mean? Women's rights? I could have sworn we just spent two weeks arguing that children should not be separated from their parents. That the do-so is like the Third Reich. And yet I keep hearing that abortion is a choice. And yet that is a final decision when it comes to one life, the baby. Abortion on demand, partial birth abortion, abortion in the last weeks of a pregnancy. They don't want to talk about science now, do they? They want to talk about rights and choices. What about science It gets better and better and better. I thought they believed in science, climate change, science, that we're the deniers. Well, why do they deny the science when it comes to procreation and pregnancy and babies? The science is abundant. It's indisputable. They don't deny it's indisputable. They just ignore it. And that is the problem with Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. And the Democrats will try and position them as anti-choice for women. And they will inundate them inundate with them with emails and phone calls and so forth and so on. They'll work flake. They'll work corker. But it goes on, the pressure is expected to be more intense now than it was during the confirmation of Justice Neil Gorsuch. This is not merely a prediction, ladies and gentlemen. This is a call to arms by the media, whom both Collins and Murkowski voted for. Since then, both GOP senators have bucked their party on critical issues, including on repealing the Affordable Care Act. Because Kennedy was considered the swing vote on many hot button issues, including cases related to Roe v. Wade, his replacement will alter the balance of the high court. And so it's treated as if this is a political committee, not a constitutional institution. Political committee, not a constitutional institution. Just two hours after Kennedy's retirement announcement, Collins reiterated her stance, saying that recognizing the precedent of Roe v. Wade, the 1973 law that legalized abortion, remains an important qualification for any nominee. I view Roe v. Wade as being settled law. It's clearly precedent, and I always look for judges who respect precedent. Really? Tell me, was Dred Scott precedent that you would respect? How about Plessy versus Ferguson? How about Korematsu? How stupid is this argument? That if the court rules, then forevermore every court must embrace what the court said. Even if that court is an abomination. Even if that court gets it wrong, these are men and women of flesh and blood, and they do get things wrong. Just because they have black robes and they're in a very pretty building and they're cloistered in their conference rooms doesn't mean they're not flawed human beings. And Collins and Murkowski don't even believe what they're saying, they don't believe in precedent in all cases. If the court were to rule that Roe v. Wade is unconstitutional, would Susan Collins then say, That's settled law? I believe in judicial precedent. Of course not. Murkowski released a statement saying her standards for a Supreme Court nominee are extremely high. It's my long-standing practice to carefully scrutinize the qualifications of judicial nominees and to cast an independent vote when judicial nominations come before the Senate. Well, really, then how did Ruth Bader Ginsburg get onto the Supreme Court? She's a radical leftist, former general counsel of the American Criminal Liberties Union. How is it that any Republican could vote for Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Sotomayor or Kagan? Just just take those three and not vote for a constitutionalist. How is that possible? And yet it is. Collins said, uh, let's see, Trump said during the campaign that he would nominate justices who would overturn Roe v. Wade, but during a Senate confirmation hearing Gorsuch characterized Roe v. Wade as the law of the land. And any nominee who Trump sends up to the Hill should say the same thing, because at least now it is the law of the land. It's the law of the land. that if a case comes up that's worthy of review, it needs to be reviewed. And here's the kicker. Even though they keep bringing up abortion and Roe v. Wade, they're never going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Certainly not with a Chief Justice John Roberts. That's just not going to happen. So it's fear-mongering. Now, read the Constitution. You won't find the word abortion in there. You won't find the words abortion rights in there. You won't find the word choice in there when it comes to this issue. And yet now, this is the national litmus test. Collins said that after meeting with him, that is Gorsuch, extensively during his confirmation process, Gorsuch told her that a good judge presumes that the precedent is correct. Murkowski said that she decided to vote for him after much reflection. But Gorsuch, Now here's NBC. But Gorsuch's confirmation didn't shift the balance of the court. Kennedy was often the deciding judge in 5-4 decisions, and his decisions were often unpredictable. So in other words, we can tolerate maybe four constitutionalists but that's it after that the status progressive agenda must be upheld the fact that the supreme court has nationalized and seized for itself the power to make these decisions rather than the people rather than the states must be protected at all costs according to senators Senate expert and American Enterprise Institute scholar Norman Ornstein, this guy has been a rash in Washington, D.C. forever. He's a liberal. Called it a litmus test moment for the two senators. So here they are putting the pressure on. He said the Supreme Court nomination is the true litmus test for Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. Listen to this. Will they continue to put party over the things they profess to believe, and vote to confirm a justice who will blow up every remaining protection for women I wish I were optimistic that will blow up every remaining protection for women everything defined and viewed in the eyes of the status progressive and so it's really a 50-49 advantage for Republicans under the circumstances uh, given McCain's illness In addition to abortion, they go on. Democrats also plan to home in on health care and any fight against the nominee, a senior Democrat aide said, as the court is expected to take up cases pertaining to access to health care and the Affordable Care Act. Both Collins and Murkowski were decisive votes in sinking the Republicans' attempt to repeal Obamacare last year. This is why primaries are important, folks. This is why primaries are important. You've got Collins and Murkowski, they are never reprimanded the way a, a Cruz would be and so forth when they step out, and they step out all the time. The Senate should reject on a bipartisan basis any justice who would overturn Roe v. Wade or undermine key health care protections, Schumer said on the Senate floor. So in other words... If the president nominates somebody who says they will be and have a history of being faithful to the Constitution, that's not the test. The test is the litmus test that the radical left lays out and the fear-mongering of the radical left on all their hot-button issues. I'll be right back. Mark Lubin. never discussed in the media when it comes to the Supreme Court. What is never discussed in the media when it comes to nominees? What's never discussed? What you want from a Supreme Court nominee. It's always what the left wants. What the media want. What the Democrat base wants. What the Republican outliers want. It's never what you want. On how many of these cable shows, on how many of these cable channels, on how many of these network channels, or satellite channels, even radio, even conservative radio, is the discussion about what you, we, want on the Supreme Court. We don't want anything extraordinary, although it seems more and more extraordinary. We just want somebody who's pretty damn smart, who can fight to protect Our institutions, our beliefs, our principles, our customs, our traditions. Somebody who's going to uphold the Constitution. This is never discussed on CNN. This is never discussed on MSNBC. Instead, whenever there's a guest who may not be a radical left-wing kook, the question is, Don't you support abortion rights? Don't you support same-sex marriage? Don't you support Obamacare? What about pre-existing conditions? Like we're having a presidential debate. It's not a presidential debate. These are judges, these justices. And they have an obligation. They don't take an oath to the Democrat Party. They don't take an oath to the progressive agenda. They don't take an oath to uphold abortion or same-sex marriage. They take an oath to uphold the Constitution. This is never discussed. We are on constant defense. Well, what's Susan Collins going to do and Murkowski? Oh, they put out statements on abortion. Wow! Good for them! How about putting out statements on the Constitution and that you insist that a nominee show fidelity to the Constitution? Not to some Supreme Court decision, but to the Constitution. And it is damn well time that we insist on it and stop playing defense and stop standing on our heels. We insist that Susan Collins support a nominee who will uphold the Constitution as written. You want to change it? Amend it. You don't amend it? You don't change it. That's the way it's supposed to work. How many of you have an additional $5,000 sitting around? Anybody? I think, well, I don't think many of you do. You're going to need it, you know, if your HVAC system burns out because you forgot or you decided not to change out your air filters. I know you think I'm being melodramatic, but I'm not. If you saw bad this allergy season has been, all that junk which isn't winding up in your lungs, which is horrible, well, it's winding up in your HVAC filters. Plus it's getting hotter and hotter outside so your system's working harder and harder. Spend 15 or 20 bucks. Save your lungs and your HVAC system with fresh filters for my friends at FilterBuy. That's America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Now they carry over 600 sizes and if you need to customize the filter they can do that for you too. Plus they ship for free within 24 hours. And if that isn't enough... They're manufactured right here in the United States. So there's really no excuse. You can set up auto delivery, which is what I do. It just makes life a lot easier. It comes on a schedule, and then you know to change out your old filters and put in the fresh ones. Plus, you save 5%. And additionally, you extend the life of your system. It's getting hotter outside, like I said. And the last thing you need is a busted HVAC system on top of the allergies. You know, in my neighborhood, I watch all these trucks, these HVAC guys. God bless them. They know what they're doing, but those companies are doing very, very well. Well, you know, the cost of these filters compared to changing the HVAC system, de minimis. Save time, save money, breathe better with filterbuy.com. Now, I know I do. That's filterbuy.com, filterbuy.com, and tell them Mark sent you. I'm making the case that we need to make the case. Right now, better than any time For the Constitution And that we demand That if some man or woman is going to serve on this court For the rest of their professional careers That they don't meet some progressive radical status litmus tests And their agenda But that they uphold our Constitution Through our Supreme Court This is our country and our government It doesn't belong to Kamala Harris solely and exclusively. It doesn't belong to Chris uh, Matthews solely and exclusively. It doesn't belong to the left solely and exclusively. Their agenda is not the Constitution's agenda. If they want to litigate a case and bring it to the Supreme Court, so be it. But the judges are not supposed to prejudge. The justices are not supposed to prejudge. And right out of the box, they're going to support the leftist agenda. So that means whatever case is brought in your town, in your state, or nationally, by any group or by any individual, who wants the challenge? The progressive agenda is violating a law or is unconstitutional. The fix is in. That's what the left wants. The fact is, Kennedy... Anthony Kennedy was not a swing vote when it came to abortion. He was a reliable left-wing vote. He was not a swing vote when it came to same-sex marriage. He led the charge. On the most important immigration issue that had come up regarding Arizona, he wrote the opinion. He led the charge on these cases. It wasn't a swing vote. He was the wrong vote from a constitutional perspective. So you want constitutionalists on the Supreme Court, not liberals, not conservatives, not independents. Kamala Harris cracked me up the other day. She's such a moron and she thinks you are too. She said, we need, we need a candidate, a, a candidate that we can all agree on. Does that sound like the bomb thrower Kamala, ha- Kamala Harris? No, this is our turn. It's our turn to try and straighten things out. They don't have a an exclusive ownership over Supreme Court seats, all that nonsense, and the media, of course, plugging their agenda. Forget it. We don't care what their position is on their issues. We want a constitutionalist. It's that simple. I'll be right back.
0: He's here. He's here.
1: If the Senate Republicans do not ensure that a Trump nomination off that list of 25, which is now 24 since Gorsuch got on the court, if they do not carry that nomination through a confirmation so that individual can be installed as a justice, they are utterly and completely useless. That's how important this is. If Susan Collins and Murkowski or Corker or Flake or anybody of that sort sabotages this, we must never, ever forget it. Ever. We've reached a sad point in this country. Didn't happen today, but we've reached a sad point in this country where the Supreme Court I wrote an entire book on this called Men in Black Has Seized Power Unto Itself. It started with Marbury versus Madison. Now, when I took that position in 2005 in writing Men in Black, I was heavily criticized, including by libertarians and conservatives, on the notion of judicial review. Judicial review is not in the Constitution. It's an implied power. It's a necessary power. And therefore, it is a power that should be exercised with extreme caution and care. Of course, what the status progressives have done is they've taken judicial review and have used it to amend our Constitution. And that's what's going on here. It's not a party of the people, the Democrat Party. They don't even try to pass amendments to the Constitution by two thirds of both chambers and send it out to to the people, let alone Articles uh, Convention of the States, Article 5. They completely bypass that process and seek to have five justices impose their will on the rest of the nation. We have an ongoing constitutional convention in the Supreme Court. That's what it is. Every time they meet, it's a constitutional convention. So unmoored are we from the constitutional construct that it makes it incredibly important. Every single time there's a vacancy on the Supreme Court, it is a grotesque state of affairs that is a grave danger to a republic. But this is where we are. So we struggle over this. And when there's a vacancy, when you have a Republican president and a Republican Senate, I don't care if it's by one vote or a hundred, the fact of the matter is you must use whatever lawful and legitimate processes are in place to install a constitutionalist. Because otherwise, we will have complete and utter judicial tyranny. We've got much of that right now, but we will have, you know, we're happy. Look at the Supreme Court ruled five to four this. We won. They ruled five to four. We won. We won. We sit on the edge of our chairs every June hoping they don't screw up. And more times than not, they do. It's not even a matter of whether you agree with Mark or not. It's a matter of whether you take your responsibilities as a judge Seriously, or whether you think you're a philosopher king. These men and women are flesh and blood. If they want to run for office, they should run for office. The Democrats have put down a marker. They have now said if you, President Trump doesn't nominate the likes of a Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they're going to fight it. Okay. They've drawn the line. Now, now the battle begins. But just know, your battle is righteous. Theirs is tyrannical. We are right. They are wrong. Our position is good. Their position is bad. You're not pushing for an outcome-determinative choice. You're pushing for a constitutionalist to uphold and interpret the Constitution. They are pushing for a radical activist. And they insist, listen when you hear this debate right now on, on on news shows and so forth and talk shows, you don't hear the left say, I want somebody who's going to uphold the 10th Amendment, the 4th Amendment, the 5th Amendment, the 2nd Amendment, the 1st Amendment, this article of the Constitution, this article, you don't even hear it. It's abortion, same-sex marriage, Obamacare, uh, immigration. So they're basically saying if the nominee does not embrace a Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi agenda. Then they're not qualified. They're not even qualified to sit on the Supreme Court. Those individuals I mentioned never say, or certainly haven't said, Well, what about this section of the Constitution, this section? And then there's a bigger irony. These status progressives, their ideology is incompatible with constitutional republicanism. I wrote an entire book on this, Rediscovering Americanism and the Theory of Progressivism, whether it was Dewey, or whether it was Woodrow Wilson or... You can name them all. They needed to figure out how to get around the Constitution structure. And they came up with a term, living and breathing. That the Constitution is like a a human body. It has organs. And you can't separate the heart from the liver. And the liver from the lungs. It'll die. So it needs to be a holistic body. Government needs to be a holistic body. Somebody has to make decisions. We can't have these disparate governmental entities with diverse decisions. And that has been their agenda ever since. And that's her agenda now. Well, the problem with that is that is a direct attack on a limited government, separation of powers, constitutional system. So when the Democrats argue that here's our agenda, we insist, we insist as a prerequisite that if the nominee doesn't embrace our agenda, that they're not qualified. And then they say, as Kamala Harris said to Chris Matthews, that a Trump nomination will destroy the Constitution. Their entire ideology is about destroying the Constitution. Their entire agenda is about destroying the Constitution and replacing it with some undefined or ill-defined blueprint for a completely different society to transform America. We need to get into this debate. We cannot allow the media and the Democrats and the Republican outliers to define it. This is not a nomination about abortion. This is not a nomination about same-sex marriage. This is not a nomination about Obamacare. This is a nomination about the Constitution. Faithful or not? Faithful, thumb up, not thumb down. And any Republican who voted for Ruth Bader Ginsburg But would not or will not vote for whomever Donald Trump nominates off that excellent list is a disgrace. And doesn't even belong, in my view, as a rational person or or, or shouldn't be, be viewed as a rational person as a United States senator. It's absolutely outrageous. All right, I've said my piece. We'll take some of your calls. But before we do. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Did we reach out to her, Mr. Producer? So we've asked her to come on the program. And the 28-year-old Democratic Socialist of America, who's been everywhere, will not come on the Mark Levin Show. They're so gutless. These Marxists, these socialists, they are so gutless. From Bernie Sanders on down, they want favorable hosts, favorable reporters interviewing them, throwing them softballs so they can go on with their propaganda. And I want to cut through it. But they won't allow it. Here's a montage. You'll remember Dave Brack got elected. He upset, what was the guy's name? Eric Cantor, believe it or not. Out of sight, out of mind. Upset Eric Cantor. Now, I want you to listen to how He was treated, Dave Brat. And then I want you to listen how Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez is celebrated. Hat tip, Washington free beacon. But this is informative about our wonderful pseudo-media. Cut 12, go.
3: So like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Abdul El-Sayed is gaining popularity as a Democrat with a bold progressive platform that some say is simply socialism. Some wacky turns in politics. The big shocker, of course, Eric Cantor being unseated by a little-known arch-conservative. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, thank you as well. Congratulations.
0: Thank you so much. Up next, you very much. from one badass woman to a full list of badass women. I think
3: Eric Cantor understands what free markets are.
0: And he picked up high-profile support in the form of far-right Republican pundits like Mark Levin and Laura Ingram. I mean, she did something super impressive, but wow, the yeah. ch- just the, the chops in that yeah. conversation. I um, Really fascinating to see. Brittany really couldn't articulate answers to even the most basic policy questions, as Dave Bratt proved himself in his disastrous first round of television interviews today. Whatever people think of your politics, mm-hmm. uh, your tenacity and passion are something everyone should uh, be excited about and proud of. So do you think it's time to throw in the towel and just put in the most conservative person you can possibly find in the House, since that that's what the elections seem to show?
1: A woman who ran one of the most inc- one of the most incredibly impressive campaigns, honestly, in recent memory. It's a humanitarian crisis that the Drudge report has blown up into a full right wing panic, and which David Bratt himself, citing Drudge, used
3: against Cantor. Right up through election day. This campaign was smart. Yes, she is a democratic socialist. Um, but she really did in her viral campaign ad play the idea of working class. When you get these very low turnout primaries in that people aren't paying any attention to, they can be easily hijacked by activists. It's about being cannibalized by their far right, and that's what happened last night.
2: Boom! Is Friday the thirteenth a pretty fitting into to a horror show week for the Republican Party? In the wake of Eric Canda's stunning
1: loss. Mm-hmm. Get it? So you have a democratic socialist, a crackpot, who doesn't have the guts to come on this show. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, celebrated by the media, essentially ignoring her positions or embracing her positions, but celebrated either way. And you know, Dave Brat, who's a traditional conservative who believes in limited government, the Constitution, and capitalism and he's far right a right winger what are you going to do just throw down and elect conservatives your media your pseudo media which is really a progressive mouthpiece and speaking of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez she's on CNN today they love her they love her cut 13 John Berman dumb as a doorknob go You are a Democratic Socialist. You can see how Republicans will bring that up. What's your response?
5: Well, you know, I think that uh, we've seen that the American people, the vast majority of American people believed in... Now, keep in mind,
1: she got a little less than 17,000 votes. I think when I ran for the school board in my township when I was in law school several decades ago, I think I got more votes than she did. Anyway, go ahead
5: care for all. They believe that we should have public college and trade school. They believe that we should elevate the minimum wage. And, you know, I think it's, it's easy for Republicans to start yelling out labels in order to be divisive. Well, no, we're not yelling
1: out Hitler or Eva Braun or, you know, Nazi concentration camps or Japanese internment or that the president is a liar, or that, uh, you know, we haven't yelled out any of the typical left-wing liberal crap words. Go ahead.
5: At the end of the day, I believe that our legislative priorities are completely in line and reflective with the majority. Well, I don't know
1: about you, ladies and gentlemen, but I am thrilled to have this 28-year-old setting national policy. Hey, you know what? What? Medicare for everybody Oh cool Public college and trade school For everybody for free Oh Healthcare free for everybody Oh look at that Uh, Elevate the minimum wage Get rid of the student loans Oh 28 year old Absolutely brilliant Let's celebrate her shall we If she were writing a term paper In 5th grade And said all that stuff You'd flunk her you'd make a repeat fifth grade. But in the Democrat Party, this is the future. An idiot. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. I I think there should be uh, free college and trade schools for everybody. I, I think there should be Medicare for everybody. I I I, I think uh, we should eliminate uh, the student loans for everybody. I think we should let anybody who wants to come into the country come into the country. I I I really do. Let's see what else. I think we should tax the rich. Yes, tax the rich. And then uh, what else should we do, Bernie? Yes, yes. Well, aren't aren't you a good little Marxist? Oh, yes, you are. This is the future of the Democrat Party, don't you know? What? A fifth-grade understanding of economics? Hey, Daddy. Hey, Daddy, I I want a lollipop. Well, okay, okay, honey, here's a lollipop. Hey, uh, Daddy, what? I I want some Hershey Kisses. Oh, 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 okay. Daddy, Daddy, what? I I would like an ice cream. Oh, okay, okay, honey. Daddy, that's enough, kid. Money doesn't grow on trees, you know. Besides, it's unhealthy. This is what we're dealing with. Bernie, Kamala, uh, Alexandra. And then we have the media celebrating it. You know, whatever you think about democratic socialism, (laughs) whatever you think about, isn't she special? Wow, she got almost 17,000 votes and upset this big, fat, slob, Crowley, Who's been hanging around like a bad rash forever. Who barely campaigned. Look at this. This is a tidal wave. Whatever you think about her policies. You know. Don't worry about that. Isn't she amazing? No not at all. She's another loser leftist. Whether she's 28. Whether it's some guy who's 48. They vote the same way. They think the same way. They're irrational. It's irrational and it's dangerous. These people would impose a police state on us, steal the property from certain Americans, give it to other Americans, rile up the base. Don't you have a right to free this? Don't you have a right to free that? And isn't that guy over there who's making a lot of money standing in your way? Go get him. Go get him. Go get his money. I'm telling you. And then they worry about what's Trump gonna do? Uh, nominate somebody to the Supreme Court who won't uphold our rights? What rights? You mean those in the Declaration and manifested in the Constitution? No, not those rights. Supreme Court precedent? You mean Dred Scott? No, not that one. Plessy versus Ferguson? Not that one. Korematsu? Not that one. Which one? The ones we like. See, they don't believe in precedent and stare decisis. They believe in radicalism. And where the court has ruled the way they like it, that's what you follow. I'll be right back.
2: has banned you from the show. We have a special number you can call to reach him 877
1: You know, it's safe to say political tension in our country is very high. No one can say for sure how this is all going to impact you financially either. That's why it's more important than ever to get your defensive assets in place like I have. Even the leader of one of the biggest banks and brokerage firms on the planet, Charles Schwab, is advising Americans to take a portion of their portfolio and allocate it to precious metals like gold and silver. It's now more critical than ever to consider protecting your life savings. And the process is easy. You can even transfer funds between existing retirement accounts without penalty. And the folks at PM Capital, they can tell you a lot more about this. PM Capital specializes in wealth, preservation. And they know it's not what you have, but it's what you keep that's important. Learn more by claiming your free PM Capital Investor Guide. And for a limited time, receive $500 in free gold or silver on qualifying purchases. Claim your free guide now by using MarkLevinGold.com That's Mark MarkLevinGold.com MarkLevinGold.com By the way, two hours from now, By my calculation, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific? Uh, I do know my clock. I will be on Hannity TV on the Fox News Channel. I failed to mention that at the top of the last hour, so I'm mentioning it now. You won't want to miss it. I can't miss it. I'm going to be there. And I do that segment from the uh, Levin TV studios, or Ronald Reagan studios, as we like to call them. Uh, So uh, I hope you'll watch us. I'm sure it'll be great. I suspect it'll be about the Supreme Court and the hearing today. What hearing today? Well, we're going to get into that now. And I'll get to your calls. Matter of fact, let me get to some calls because people have been waiting. And then we'll get into some of this hearing because some of it was quite uh, revealing, I thought. Our man, uh, Ron DeSantis, was outstanding. Trey Gowdy, always good on the hearings and on the speeches. A little less so when it comes to actual substance, but he was good. Jim Jordan took the cake in trying to press Rosenstein. And so we'll hear from all three of them um, in just a moment. Before we do, I want to hear from some of you, okay? Let us go to Nick, Chicago, Illinois, Sirius Satellite, go. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. You got it. We listen to uh, your show. My kids and I listen to your show every
10: day on our commute home. Thank you. And I use it um, both as an educational experience for me, but also for them because they're obviously young and impressionable, and they're getting the the liberal meltdown from every angle in school. So mm-hmm. I got to try and reverse some of that. But excellent. You know, I'm. Uh, so
1: what? Explain, so what's going on?
10: Well, I'm trying to explain to them, you know, how important the the Supreme Court justice nominee is and how important the midterm elections are, mm-hmm. and even more so, in hindsight, how important the election of President Trump is. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not as eloquent as you, so I was hoping that you can help provide some of your insight to them.
1: You want me to go through all three? Uh, well, All right, I'll give you some quick insight. I don't have a time to go through it in any extensive way, but that's what we try and do here every evening. And look, the election of Donald Trump, we wouldn't have the occasion of a nomination uh, for the Supreme Court. Neil Gorsuch wouldn't be on the court. Whomever the president nominates wouldn't be nominated. We'd have Hillary Clinton who would no doubt try and pack the court with Ruth Bader Ginsburg types. And I suspect you'd have a couple of Republicans like Collins and Murkowski who would go along with her. So you would see that. You would see all the courts up and down, the circuit courts, the district courts would be fundamentally altered. Uh, You would have had eight years of Obama and then four years of Hillary on top of that. The regulations that Obama put in place would be cemented into place and then added on to by Hillary Clinton, who would want to build her radical left uh, progressive status uh, legacy. You would have that going on, too. You would have a complete cover-up of what's taken place at the highest levels of our government with the FBI and some of our intelligence agencies, which uh, uh, which would never come to light. Never come to light. When you look at our foreign policy, uh, Jerusalem would not have been recognized as the capital of Israel. Our embassy would not have been moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Um, uh, when you look at Iran, the Iran deal would continue. Uh, rather than the Iranian uh, Islamo-Nazi regime now— trying to uh, rebuild its economy and its currency, which are collapsing. They're in the midst of collapsing. Uh, We would be pouring more and more uh, of our business dollars into that regime. With North Korea, even though things are not going as planned, uh, looks like Little Rocket Man is at it again, and that needs to be addressed, quite frankly. Uh, But that said, uh, Hillary Clinton would have uh, capitulated to them, China, Russia, all of them. We know this because she was Secretary of State when Obama did those things. What else do we know? We know Hillary Clinton would work from the inside to destroy the Electoral College. We know that they would work from the inside to uh, destroy gerrymandering. I'm not a big fan of gerrymandering, but I'm not a big fan of government interfering in determining congressional districts either. So no matter what you look at, no matter how you look at it, the world will be a very different place. And so it was very important uh, that Hillary not get elected and that Donald Trump be elected. And he's been a far better president than a lot of people thought. A lot of people thought he would be great, and you got to give them credit for that. But he's been far better than a lot of people thought. Look, I disagree with him on trade. Everybody knows that. But big deal. When you look at his entire record, it is a really excellent record. All right, Nick, thank you for your call. Danny, Columbia, South Carolina, the great WVOC, go.
4: Yes, sir, Mark, I'm a pleasure to talk with you. Yes, I it wanted, is. Uh, Thank you. I, <laughs> I wanted to confirm what you're saying about the uh, the pick for the Supreme Court justice. Uh, there was a time when Barack Hussein O. had said elections have consequences. One of those consequences, I believe, is that we, without apology, without acquiescing, ought to have the ability to pick who we want on that Supreme Court justice, a Mike Lee, a Ted Cruz,
1: somebody who will uphold the standard. Well, Ted's not interested. Well, but but your point is correct. And listen, listen, when they control the government, do they do they care about what we have to say about their nominee? No, they don't. Did they? Cater. Did 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 Clinton care when he chose Ruth Bader Ginsburg? What you and I think? No,
4: sir, they didn't, and we acquiesced to that. Some of us even voted uh, our representatives. Uh, oh no, a whole bunch these.
1: of Republican senators voted for Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
4: But now we have Mad Max, Maxine Waters, yes, and the rest of the demon crats calling for a jihad, trying to stop everything with violence, even if necessary, the administration of um, Donald Trump. It sure it seems that people, way. Like you said, like you said, Mark, we need to, without apology, appoint people and disregard what the uh, left has to say. And as exactly. a Marine, as a son of a Marine... As a brother of two other Marines, we wow. thank you, Mark.
8: And no. we
4: thank Sean Hannity for your passion yes. that you speak on our behalf and your
1: patriotism. We love you. Well, God bless you, Danny, you and your family. That's very, very kind of you. And thank you for your service, my friend. Michael, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go. Mark, thanks for
2: a minute on your show. Um uh, what I've come to realize is that the left is addicted to suffering. And by, by, by this, I mean, they will take, if you look at everything that they, they throw at us, especially like this, uh, this thing with the, with the uh, children being separated from the parents, perfect example, they throw this out as, oh, the poor children. Whatever issue, if you bring it back down to where it emanates from, it emanates from their addiction to suffering.
1: No, 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 it, no, no. Two things. First of all, they didn't care about the children when they were in charge. We all care about those children. They didn't bring it up before. They don't care about suffering. They, care about, they don't care about our suffering, I think is what you mean.
2: Um, they, they get a high out of, out of feeling bad about things and making other people feel bad. Rather, if you really cared, you would be addicted to solutions. Mm. But they, they're able to just...
1: Oh, they have it, solutions. Just, Massive, big, redistributive government. I get your point. I'm being sarcastic. Thank you for your call, my friend. Josh. Springfield, Missouri, the Show-Me State. Don't show me, Josh. The great KSGF. Go. Hey
11: Mark, thanks for taking my call. Um you I bet. guess I should refer to you as the National Radio Hall of Fame inductee. Wow,
1: well, um, aren't you kind sir, but don't do that. That's embarrassing.
11: I, I I voted twice and I had my family vote Chicago rules. Uh had to get you in there. Um, Thank you. But I'll be quick. I'll be quick with my point here. Um Back in 2016, when Antonin Scalia passed away, um, Mm -hmm. the Democrats pushed for Merrick Garland. As hard Mm -hmm. as possible, they pushed. And um, I was looking yesterday, just looking around on the Internet, and I saw quite a few people crying out that Anthony Kennedy's replacement should model Anthony Kennedy. And the double standard that is being thrown out there on how this new – supreme court justice should be how his ideology should be is just appalling to me the only thing that these people are considering is their ideology they don't consider the constitution what it has to say it's just their ideology and it's blown me i I
1: think we should say we're gonna we're gonna nominate a constitutionalist who's going to uphold the constitution and you can vote up or down but you don't get to tell us who we nominate and you don't get to tell us what the Senate does. So you can go on MSNBC and CNN and squawk all you damn well want to.
11: Yeah, and, and I also love how the nuclear option has completely backfired on the Democrats. And I love it. And I, your show yesterday, that piece that Guy Benton wrote about how we should really just start handing it to the Democrats and just, uh, you know, pack the courts like Obama did whenever he was president. Um, and I thought that was a if, great thing. If
1: there are vacancies and we control the Senate and the presidency, fill them. As fast as you can with constitutionalists. See, we have the moral high ground here. We're not saying fill them with people who agree with us on every single issue. We're saying fill them with people who really believe in applying the Constitution, not people who have their long laundry list of ideological demands. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Gail, Augusta, uh, Georgia, XM Satellite. How are you, Gail?
0: I am wonderful. Love you. I love you. Thank
1: you. you. Thank you. Your turn.
0: Well, other than loving me, what
1: did you want to say?
0: I just want to say that I have many friends and family members who are Democrats. I was raised a Democrat, as many people in the South were. I worked for a Democratic congressman who's now deceased, but he was a bold weevil, which in Southern terms means that he sort of was more moderate and not a Uh staunch leftist. But at any rate, my question to you or my comment to you was, Uh when my left-leaning friends and family, who are highly intelligent people, can't seem to grasp the big picture on some of these issues, like people who want to throw open our borders, you, you know, who, who in their right mind would say, let everybody in. And as I told you, I've taken a lesson from Steven Crowder and I, and I just say to them, okay, I don't want to fight with you about this, but change my mind. And they have nothing they have no justification except for this feel-good feeling, this feel-good thing mm-hmm. that they...
5: <laughs> let,
0: me, let, me, let me tell you something. It is, it, is, it is absolutely mind-boggling.
1: First of all, let me tell you something. I'm really proud of Steve Crowder. He is terrific. He's hilarious. He's smart. He's substantive. He's part of CRTV, by the way, and uh, on the occasions. He asked me to come on. I'm happy to do it. He's just just terrific. And we have a lot of young guys and gals like this. I'm not saying they're all the same. Crowder is a really a standout uh, coming up behind us. And I think that's a very, very good thing. That's number one. Number two, see, your party has changed. There used to be, as you say, we used to call them ball weevils during the Reagan administration. And these were Democrats who were not radicals. They were not democratic socialists they didn't believe in open borders they believed in national sovereignty where we would tend to disagree with them as on taxes and in the size of government but they were pro military and pro law enforcement and so forth and so on many of them were were anti-abortion and pro-life and but very few elected democrats uh, are that anymore because they've purified their party They purify their party. They they push out anybody who uh, isn't part of their groupthink, and that's the intolerance of the radical left, and that's what they've done. Their policies are nonsensical. That is why it's so important to find more and more uh, potential leaders, not these schlubs uh, in the Republican Party, most of them, uh, but real leaders who are capable of articulating our positions and comparing them to their positions, which tend to be insane. Anyway, my friend, I want to thank you for your call. You couldn't be more correct. Oh, yes. We don't want to forget that. Okay. Let me tell you about... I'm trying, Mr. Producer, and my computer froze. You can send it, but I can't read it. Hold on a second here. All right, let's take another call while I'm uh, struggling here. Let's see. Ah, uh, Boy, my internet is just the worst. Let's go to Dean. Fort Worth, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark. How are you doing, buddy? Let me look. I'm doing great. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, thank you very much for
6: taking my call. Can you believe that election in New York? Can you believe that socialism has totally run amok up there?
1: Well, it's not just there. Been to California lately?
6: Uh, thing, and they're all moving here to Texas.
1: Yeah. Go for it, baby. Anything else? No,
6: that's just it, man. I wanted to tell you thank you for being a great American, and I really appreciate what you do for us.
1: Well, you're very, very kind. I appreciate it. Yeah, there's a, there there are pockets of this. It's really quite incredible. People who who live off of the, 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 the benefits of capitalism who preach uh, socialism. You, you know how I view it? It's killing the golden goose. That's what these people support, killing the golden goose. And before you've killed the golden goose— you can milk it for everything it's worth, steal the uh, the golden eggs and so forth uh, before people even recognize what you've done. You know, my listener was in deep with the back taxes to the IRS, roughly 15 grand, and he couldn't pay it. Just a matter of time until they garnished his wages and seized his bank account. Umpteen times he'd heard me mention Optima Tax Relief. And how Optima knows that behind every tax problem are good people with families, homes, savings, and paychecks that need protection. And umpteen times he started to call and then stopped. Finally, he did. And it was the best call he could have made. The tax experts at Optima qualified him for the Fresh Start Initiative, a special IRS program that saved him thousands and put his tax debt to rest. Optima has resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients. They're rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. When you're ready to put your IRS crisis behind you, the harassment, the stress, the letters, the phone calls, one call can start the process to solve it all. Call my trusted friends at Optima Tax Relief at 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800 800- 499-6300. Suzanne, Detroit, Michigan, Sirius Satellite, go! Yes, hi.
5: Um, I, I bl- you know what?
1: I blew it. I, I mismanaged the clock. I'll tell you what, Suzanne. You wait. Next hour I will get back to you, Mr. Call Screen, Or Hold on to our friend, Suzanne. Don't forget Hannity on the Fox News Channel, nine thirty p.m. Eastern, 6, 30 p.m. Pacific. I will be there. Yours truly. We'll be right back.
0: from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark
2: Levin.
1: We're going to get to some of the congressional hearing that took place today, but first, the Deputy Chief William Crump of the uh, Anne Arundel Police County Police uh, With a mass uh, shooting occurred today. Go ahead.
3: Five confirmed fatals and two injuries. And injuries, my understanding, are superficial, uh, possibly from glass from the shotgun blast. We are working on now securing his residence. He does live in the state of Maryland. We are in the process of securing that residence and preparing for search warrants. So this is the next phase of this scene, and that is the investigative phase. This is the part that takes the most time. As I would assume many of you have already heard from many other police agencies in the state of Maryland and across the country, the investigative process is very difficult. We must be thorough. That's why you will not get the information from social media from us unless it's been confirmed. We have allowed our investigators to do their job. They are there now, and we are going to continue to provide you with information. Chief, said to, targeted. Hold on one second. I want to share something with you that I think is important. We mentioned before about the improvised um, explosive device. That is not an IAD. It was actually canisters um, of smoke grenades that he used inside of the building when he entered the uh, establishment. So this person was prepared today to come in. This person was prepared to shoot people. His intent was to cause harm. And as I stated before, the investigative part of this is going to be thorough and it's going to take some time. As you can see behind us, we opened up Bestgate Road. We thought that we may need to um, secure that roadway for a long period of time. And as we get further into the investigation, we realize that we don't need that roadway. But the uh, building, 888 Bestgate will be secured for some time. I do not have a time frame on that yet. We're gonna be inside there for quite a bit. And um, until this investigation is complete, when I have more confirmed information, I will share that confirmed information with you. You said he targeted specifically this newspaper. Exactly what was his beef with this newspaper? That's what we're investigating now. But there are already reports that he had a history with the newspaper a couple of years ago. That's what I'm hearing.
8: Chief, um, Chief, does he live in Annapolis? But
3: before we confirm that, I need our investigators to go and look into that and make sure that's correct. Chief, Chief, I Chief does he that live in you had Annapolis? you difficulty initially identifying the man uh, that you went through a process of facial recognition to, to an identification. Is that why you're able now to go to the home to do a search for protection? No, I can't share that with you. It's the first time I've heard facial recognition. All
1: right, uh, that's... that's The bulk of the matter, the uh, bottom line, Uh, the newspaper, the Gazette there, the local paper was targeted. The people were targeted. That's all we know. We don't know why. Um, We know five fatalities, two superficial injuries, according to the deputy chief. And that's the new information, uh, that it was targeted. And they do know who he is now, because he didn't have identification, and they are clearly, uh, securing his house and getting a search warrant to go through the house. So they're going by the book, they're painting by the numbers, that's what you have to do in a case like this in order to build your case very carefully and gather the evidence uh, without any screw-ups. And it sounds like they're doing exactly that. That's all we have. That's all I know. There was a hearing today, the House Judiciary Committee, it was quite a hearing. And, uh, You had our buddy Louis Gohmert. You had our buddy Ron DeSantis, who just finished a wonderful debate against this phony Adam Putnam. Trey Gowdy did very well. Jim Jordan hit it out of the park. Now, keep in mind, the reason why these members are frustrated is because over a period of many, many, many months, they have sought documentation. Now, if you listen to Rosenstein and Ray and the media... And the Democrats, everything they want is classified. Everything they want is grand jury. Everything they want will reveal uh, uh, techniques and so forth and ruin investigations and so forth. That's not true. What has happened is these members of Congress who are very serious or those who are serious about getting to the bottom of these issues – They've been been getting head fake after head fake after head fake. So you have redactions of information that should never have been redacted. You have the withholding of information that should never have been withheld. You have the withholding of documents that should never have been withheld. So they cannot take what the Justice Department and the FBI are doing at face value. And after all, they're trying to investigate the Department of Justice and the FBI, the senior levels. So here's a back and forth. Between uh, Ron DeSantis, who I've endorsed for governor of Florida and in the uh, Republican primary, I mean, he's absolutely outstanding, and Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general. Cut one, go.
6: August 8th, 2016, text message in the IG report from Lisa Page to Peter Strzok. Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right. Peter Strzok responds, no, no, he's not. We'll stop it. Now, the Justice Department had previously provided text messages from that date. They included all the messages we now have except the will stop a text message. Why didn't the Justice Department produce that to Congress when we asked?
9: Mr. DeSantis, uh, I spoke with our Inspector General, Michael Horowitz yesterday and he told me that when he testified uh, he didn't have a full opportunity to explain uh, and uh, the technological details are pretty complicated but he assured me he had had a long telephone conversation with Mr. Jordan after the hearing uh, and explained it Uh, he's much better positioned than I. What I can assure you, so let me just ask this then if I could just explain sir, I want to assure you and the American people, we're not withholding anything embarrassing the message was not in uh, the original material that Inspector General, he, he found these messages? Right, so
6: Keith, you guys didn't find it, and he did. And so we're asking you to produce stuff, and obviously, you know, we're expecting a good faith effort. You guys didn't find it, and maybe somebody else deleted or something happened before you guys, but he was able to find it, and you didn't. So it was very disappointing to see that text message there, because I think you would agree. Just think of the timeline here. You have Peter Strzok. He opens up the counterintelligence investigation against Trump's campaign the end of July. Then a week later, this text message, he ain't going to be president, we'll stop it. Then the next week, the infamous insurance policy text message where he says, we can't take the risk of a Trump presidency. You need an insurance policy. The American people see that. Doesn't that undermine the whole integrity of the actions of people like Peter Strzok?
9: Yes, Congressman, that uh, obviously is highly inappropriate.
1: (laughs) Trey Gowdy and Rosenstein, cut two, go
8: at precisely the same time that Bob Mueller was appointed, precisely the same time Peter Strzok was talking about his unfinished business and how he needed to fix and finish it so Donald Trump did not become president. He was talking about impeachment within three days of special counsel Mueller being appointed. Three days! That's even quicker than MSNBC and the Democrats were talking about impeaching. Within three days! The lead FBI agent is talking about impeaching the president. So this is where we are. We're two years into this investigation. We're a year and a half into the presidency. We're over a year into special counsel. You have a counterintelligence investigation that's become public. You have a criminal investigation that's become political. You have more bias than I have ever seen manifest on a law enforcement officer in the 20 years I used to do it for a living. And four other DOJ employees who had manifest animus towards the person they were supposed to be neutrally and detachedly investigate. Democrats are using this investigation as a presumption of guilt, which I I find astonishing. And in the long run, for the health of this republic, I would encourage them to go back to the presumption of innocence that we used to hold sacred. There's a presumption of guilt. There's a desire by Democrat senators to fundraise off of your investigation. More than 60 Democrats have already voted to proceed with impeachment before Bob Mueller has found a single solitary damn thing. More than 60 have voted to move forward with impeachment, and he hasn't presented his first finding.
1: But he will, Congressman Gowdy, because Bob Mueller is a fraud. So he will. Trey Gowdy continues. Cut three. Go.
8: So I'm going to say this to you, Mr. Ray, Mr. Rosenstein. I realize that neither one of you were there when this happened, but you're both there now. Uh, Russia attacked this country. They should be the target. But Russia isn't being hurt by this investigation right now. We are. This country is being hurt by it. We are being divided. We've seen the bias. We've seen the bias. We need to see the evidence. If you have evidence of wrongdoing by any member of the Trump campaign, present it to the damn grand jury. If you have evidence that this president acted inappropriately, present it to the American people. Uh, there's an old saying that justice delayed is justice denied. I think right now all of us are being denied. Whatever you got, finish it the hell up because this country is being torn apart. Either the witnesses care to respond to the.
9: Well, I would uh, simply respond, Ms. Gowdy. I certainly share your views about those text messages. And uh, nobody is more offended than I about what's reflected in those messages. With regard to the investigation, uh, I've heard suggestions that we should just close the investigation. I think the best thing we can do is finish it appropriately uh, and reach a conclusion. And I certainly agree with you, sir, that people should not jump to conclusions without seeing the evidence. I've been the victim of fake news attacks myself, so I'm sympathetic. I agree with you, sir. Uh, there's been no allegation made by the Department of Justice or the special counsel other than what's reflected in those documents that are filed publicly, the charged folks. And nobody should draw any conclusions beyond those charges.
1: Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, then we have Jim Jordan. And you don't want to miss this Jim Jordan and Rosenstein. And I want to salute Jim Jordan. But I can't play it until we come back, because the clock says I have to break. We'll be right back. Mark
0: Levin.
1: Jim Jordan. Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein has promised. Here's the back and forth. Cut four, go.
12: Mr. Rosenstein, why are you keeping information from Congress? Congressman, I'm not keeping any information from Congress
9: that it's appropriate. In a few
12: minutes, vote. Mr. Rosenstein, I think the House of Representatives is going to say something different.
9: I don't agree with you, Congressman. I don't believe that's what they're going to say. And if they do, they'll, but be, mistaken. Disagree, but think, they'll be mistaken.
12: I disagree, but I think in a few minutes, the House of Representatives is going to go on record saying you haven't complied with requests from a separate and equal branch of government, that you haven't complied with subpoenas, and you got seven days to get your act together. I think that's what's going to happen in a few and That's And that's not Jim Jordan. I think that's the the majority of the House of Representatives. In just a few minutes, I think that's going to happen. And I want to know why you won't give us what we've asked for.
9: Sir, I certainly hope that your colleagues are not under that impression. Uh, that is not
12: accurate, sir. You, it is you, accurate. We have caught you hiding Mr. information. Chairman, can we Mr. allow Rosenstein? the witness to answer?
9: Mr.
3: Chairman, point of order. We can go to Mr. Jordan's press conference the, and listen to him, but we came here to hear from the, the witness. T- the time belongs to the gentleman. Mr.
1: Rosenstein. Can we allow him to answer. We have caught you hiding information. We can allow him to uh, answer. answer.
3: He will be permitted answer yeah. by by to answer when Mr. Jordan By the way, allow- notice how
1: the Democrats interrupt because they're special pleaders for corruption. They're kind of happy that uh, the Obama administration was spying on Trump world. They're kind of happy about the abuse of the FISA court. They kind of like Peter Stroke and his girlfriend, Paige. Kind of like them. They like Comey now. They hated him before, but they like him now. Same with McCabe. He was a good leaker. So the ends justify the means. They like all this. Go ahead.
12: To answer... Why are they not allowed to answer? The gentleman's out of order. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Mr. Rose, let me make this one point, then I'll let you answer. Let me make this one point where we've caught you hiding information, then you can answer. Why did you hide the fact that Peter Strzok and Judge Contreras were friends? Why did you redact that in the documents you gave to us? Peter, I mean, Judge Contreras is kind of important. Why is a court judge, more importantly, just as importantly... The judge that uh, heard Mike Flynn's case. Why did you try to hide that from us?
9: Mr. Jordan, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to respond. I've heard you make those sort of allegations publicly on TV.
12: It's I got and, to and right respond, sir, Mr. Chairman, he should be uh, given the right
9: opportunity. Here. Now, Mr. Jordan, it's I am the Deputy Attorney General of the United States. Okay? I'm not the person doing the redacting. I'm responsible for responding to your concerns, as I have. I have a team with me, sir. It's just a fraction of the team that's doing this work. And whenever you brought issues to my attention, I have taken appropriate steps to remedy them. So your statement that I'm personally keeping information from you, trying to conceal information. You're the from boss, you. Mr. Rosenstein. That's correct. And my job is to make sure that we respond to your concerns. We have, sir.
1: Mm-hmm. Where are we, cut six now, Mr. Producer? Let's go to cut five more. Jordan Rosenstein, go ahead.
9: But you're of this to attack me personally. Why did you? T- t- I said wrong. The point of the order, Mr. Man? Chairman. May the witness be permitted it's to not, answer the question? It's not personal. The
3: gentleman will suspend. The witness is going to have an
12: opportunity to say whatever he wants at the end of Mr. Jordan's five minutes. Until the it is end not of those personal. five minutes are his time. I appreciate your service. It's not personal. We just want the information. Why did you tell Peter Struck not to answer our questions yesterday? When I asked when I asked Peter Struck if he'd ever communicated with Glenn Simpson. He gave us the answer. He gave us dozens of times. On advice of FBI counsel, I can't answer that question. Why couldn't he answer that question?
9: Mr. Jordan, I appreciate your sincere concerns, but I didn't get Peter to any instructions. If there was some problem with the instructions he had, I'll be happy to look not into what, it. Not what to that would his FBI lawyer said. Mr. Jordan? It, it, when you find some problem with a production or with questions, it doesn't mean that I'm personally trying to conceal something from you. It means we're running an organization that's trying to follow the rules, and we're going to you know What was
12: interesting when I asked him if he'd ever talked to Bruce, or he said he had, said he had three times in 2016 and 2017. Then I asked him, Have you ever talked to Nelly, or and he said, No, I haven't. I said, "Well, why can you answer that question? Because Nellie Orr worked for Glenn Simpson, worked for Fusion. He could answer that question, but he couldn't answer because the FBI counsel told him he couldn't. He couldn't answer the question whether he'd ever communicated with Glenn Simpson, a journalist. Why couldn't he answer that question,
9: Mr. Jordan, I appreciate you saying it isn't personal. Sometimes it feels that way. How do I know, sir? I mean, I, you interviewed Mr. Struck, I didn't, uh, so I can't. Works answer. for you. Doesn't work for us." Uh, there are 115,000 people who work for me, sir.
1: But there aren't 115,000 people like Peter Strzok. Man, you do have an obligation to know more. Cut six, go.
12: Mr. Rosenstein, did you threaten staffers on the House Intelligence Committee? Media reports indicate you did.
9: Media reports are mistaken.
12: Sometimes. But this is what they said. Having the nation's... Number one law enforcement officer threatened to subpoena your calls and emails is downright chilling. Did you threaten to subpoena their calls and emails? No, sir. And there's no way to subpoena phone calls. Well, I mean, I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> He's not really talking about phone calls. He's talking about phone numbers. But that's all right. Go ahead.
12: Press said. Well, I mean, what said. I would said.
9: suggest that you not rely on what the press says, sir.
12: Well, I didn't ask if there's no way to do it. I asked if you said it.
9: If I said what?
12: What I just read you? No, I did not. Now who are we supposed to believe, staff members who we've worked with, who've never misled us, or you guys who we've caught hiding information from us, who tell a witness not to answer our questions? Who are we supposed to believe?
9: Thank you for making clear it's not personal, Mr. Jordan. Well, I, I didn't. I'm saying the you department of justice. me, because I'm telling the truth and I'm under oath. If you want to put somebody else under oath and they have something different, I know these staff members. Respond.
1: <laughs> well, well, well. I wonder if Mr. Rosenstein wonders if he should have taken that job as deputy attorney general. You know, it's actually worse than that. He should have recused himself a long time ago, Mr. Rosenstein. We'll be right back.
2: If you turn off your radio and open the window...
9: You can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at
1: 877-381-3811. All right, there it is. Hold on here. You wouldn't believe the conditions I'm working under. I'm going to have to go on strike. You know, I have a union. You wear that? Is there any place place that uh, teaches young adults to seek what is true, beautiful, and good? To even understand what those uh, uh, things mean. How about understanding the principle that all men are created we- equal, or or why uh, uh, you know why we have the uh, America that we do as the freest nation on earth? There is a place where students study these things. It's called Hillsdale College, and by putting in the work to understand essential truths, students graduate ready to lead in any field of their choosing. As Vice President Pence said at commencement this year. Hillsdale students learn not what to do, but what to be. Hillsdale also offers its stellar education to you, too, through the free monthly subscription to Imprimus and in free online courses like Constitution 101. The fact is, every American can learn like a Hillsdale student from the same professors. And most remarkably of all, Hillsdale provides this service to our nation without taking a single penny of taxpayer money, not one penny. I strongly encourage you to learn how Hillsdale can serve you at a website just for my listeners. And that's true. LevinforHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. LevinforHillsdale.com. Don't forget, in about an hour, I will, in fact, be on Hannity, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. All right, let's go. Back to Suzanne, Detroit, Michigan. Sirius Satellite. Go.
5: Yes. hi, um, Mark. This is a watershed moment in our nation's history, and I don't think. It's All right.
1: Hold, on, to hold on. Hold on. Hold yeah, on. You're here trying like this. Uh, try it again.
5: I would like to say that uh, regarding the judges, I think we're at a watershed moment in our nation's history, and I don't think it's hyperbole to say that your voice, this platform, is a divine gift right now.
1: Oh, my Lord. The survival
5: Lord. of our republic. I'm not kidding. And, um,
1: I. Well, you're beyond gracious, uh, but go right ahead.
5: I don't think I'm the only one who believes that. Um, I think, um, the reason the left is, is howling and uh, trying to force their demands, uh, because they fear the unraveling of those landmark issues that really weren't based in the Constitution in the first place. So, really not much standing for them to um, continue. They could be undone. And um, they're mainly those issues that came about on phony uh, basis. It was purposely, they were purposely presented in order to bring about certain cultural changes that would do the unraveling of the fabric of our culture. Example would be Roe versus Wade the Texas sodomy case, and um, really, all those landmark decisions were trumped up and based on phony uh, circumstances. Anyways,
1: you you are right on the phony sodomy case you're talking about. I think it was 2003 or thereabouts. It was Lawrence versus Texas, and you had <clears throat> a relative handful of states that stole these sodomy laws on the books and really never enforced them, and so they had a local case where one. Uh, in one case, it was enforced uh, because, uh, well, I'm not going to get into the details because it's a little, just not my cup of tea. So anyway, um, uh, and so it was challenged and it went all the way up and the court seized on it, specifically Anthony Kennedy, to begin to lay the foundation for what happened a few years ago, same-sex marriage. And, you know, even in California, uh, when they had a, a proposition vote, uh the same-sex marriage lost. And so uh, the court decided to step in. The court has nationalized virtually all these cultural issues, uh, prayer, um, they've, uh, the issue of prayer uh, in the public square, if you will, and uh, religious issues, um, marriage, uh, abortion, sex. The court has decided these nine lawyers, and really less than that when you look at the number in the majority, have decided that they will decide for everybody in the country, regardless of the region, regardless of the state, regardless of the various standards in different parts of the country, that they will decide these issues. And that is why the left is so um, radicalized when it comes to everything, but particularly the courts and especially the U.S. Supreme Court, because this is how they uh, enshrine and impose so much of their agenda. And, you know, people always say, take it to court, take it to court. If you have a justice sitting there, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is right off the top, you know you can't win your argument because she's not going to apply the Constitution. She's going to twist it to get the results she wants, uh, as the Democrats insist. Uh, You know, I don't know what kind of justice that is. The Supreme Court is way more powerful than it's supposed to be. And then the left basically captures it, captures the quote-unquote precedent— and then insist that you follow the precedent and less so on the Constitution. Suzanne, excellent call. I very much appreciate it. Joe, Vienna, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Yes.
7: Hi, Mark. I would like to comment on your um, uh, your segment earlier about the next Supreme Court justice and the litmus test that you talked about, you know, about the Senate Democrats talking about um, Roe versus Wade. Or um, uh, gay marriage or or obama
1: whatever or, whatever the issue yeah yes. yeah,
7: yeah right, but I, I think here 's the bottom line. the bottom line is what is that what is that next um, judicial nominee g- going to stand up and raise his hand to and and I want to talk to you about the oath of office, and I think this is very key because um, I was in the military for thirty, 30 uh, for, excuse me for twenty six years, and I took the oath of office six times, and the oath says, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies foreign and domestic, uh, that I will to bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, that I will well and faithfully discharge the office, the duties of the office upon, which I'm about to enter, so help me God. Mark, since the 1860s, Every federal employee has had to take that oath, including Supreme Court justices, um, with the exception of the president. But every federal employee has had to take that oath. Mark, I think this is the key. I think we should be talking about the oath of office. So, you know, this whole litmus test thing, I think it should be two words in front of the oath of office. Do you. Mm-hmm. Do you solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution?
1: Yes, the but the States? tricky the tricky leftists will say, well, of course I do. And they go through these machinations in terms of uh, their positions. Of course their positions are constitutional positions. They lie is what they do. They subvert. And as I keep saying, and as I said today, and I just want to underscore it with your excellent point, Joe— um, Progressivism and constitutionalism are incompatible. They're incompatible. And so, in order to make them, quote unquote, at least superficially appear to be compatible, they need to take over the courts, they need to run the Supreme Court, and they need to change effectively the Constitution. So, the Constitution may say X, but they interpret it to say Y. The Constitution may be silent. But they go ahead and they write in provisions. They I, This is why I keep saying when the Supreme Court meets, it's like a constitutional convention. And there is no way in hell that the uh, framers of the Constitution in Philadelphia would ever have created anything like this. And there's certainly no way in hell that the states would have ratified it. There's no way. The states wouldn't create a central government, the federal government, and then create a court that would have this kind of power... With a handful of people on it. No way. This is a judicial oligarchy. That's what it is. When I wrote Men in Black, I wanted to call the book the, the, a judicial tyranny of the, uh, oligarch, of the judicial oligarchy. Something to that effect. The publisher said, no, Men in Black. I said, well, that's a movie. They said, well, that's what we want to call it. But anyway, so that's what it is, Men in Black. But it is a judicial oligarchy. Sometimes they get it right. That's good. But they should almost always get it right. If they're applying the right approach to interpreting the Constitution, if your approach to interpreting the Constitution is to get around it and then impose your will through it. Well, that's that's uh, absolutely diabolical. And yet, isn't that what the leftists on the court do, Joe?
7: Yes, sir. I think in the next few weeks and months, while we're talking about the run up to the next um, Supreme Court justice, we should ask them if they solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution
1: of the United States. Uh, we can, but they'll say, well, of course we do. Joe, thank you for your service, my friend. Jimmy, Sacramento, California, XM Satellite, go. Uh, Mark, I'm sitting here today,
2: just like you and your audience, and uh, watching the shooting in Maryland. The media, as we're speaking, they're trying to spin this shooting as... Uh, Maybe a direct result of uh, 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 Donald Trump's uh, stance against the media and the fake news. They're already spinning it that way. The attack on this man is, is uh, relentless daily. They use any issue they can to weaponize it and attack this president. I am exhausted. Uh, the drive-by shooting on this president has been on a daily, relentless. Is it ever going to stop, Mark?
1: No. It's never going to stop until they they install one of their own. It is never going to stop. And make no mistake about it, Jimmy, this is an attack on us. This is an attack on us, the attack on, on Trump. And they've revealed themselves more and more by calling us all racists and all deplorables. And meanwhile, an illegal alien, even before they step into this country, is noble and virtuous and needs to be protected. These are people who supposedly represent us, who speak this way. Thank you for your call, Jimmy. We'll be right back. Mark in Isn't it amazing? America is so horrible that we need to copy Venezuela and Cuba. It's just nuts. America is so horrible that we're supposed to follow these treacherous, failed societies? Why would we do that? And some clown who's 28 years old, who gives the usual pablum, that clown is to be celebrated all throughout media? Would you pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought tooth and nail for a government-run health care system? How about an organization that scripted portions of White House speeches behind closed doors to ensure the passage of that program, Obamacare? Or an organization that stood against tax cuts for middle-class Americans and small business owners? Would you join an organization like that? No! Then don't join the AARP. Join AMAC, the conservative alternative, instead. Now, AMAC offers an alternative to just about every benefit and discount that the AARP offers, but without the left-wing kook agenda. Become an AMAC member right now, like I am, at amac.us. Wouldn't you rather belong to an organization that not only provides you with wonderful discounts and benefits, but fights for your values, like protecting our borders, like supporting small business, like standing up for your individual God-given freedoms? AMAC is the way to go. There's a ton of work to be done, and AMAC is asking that you help them fight the good fight by becoming a member today and... You can enjoy their great benefits and discounts at the same time. But the cause is greater. Join right now at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C.us. AMAC is better, better for you, and better for America. All right. Let's continue here. Let us go to Daniel, Sunnyvale, California, the great KSFO. Now, Daniel, I used to live on a street called Waxwing, Right off of Lawrence Expressway, and I'm wondering—I forget the address exactly—and I wouldn't mention it anyway, so the people aren't harassed. But is there a monument built there to me, Daniel?
10: Not yet, but if it were up to me, there would be.
1: <laughs> there would never be in Sunnyvale anyway, even though it's a—it's a lovely town. Anyway, how are you?
10: I'm pretty good. How are you doing?
1: Good, thank you.
10: Um, I just wanted to—well, first of all, thank you for for playing those Rosenstein audios. I think it's really important that people hear that stuff. Um, but it just it, it makes me think of of uh, Hillary Clinton of uh, Lois Lerner um, i can 't remember the lady with Clinton on the tarmac um,
1: Loretta Lynch. when they
10: lie yes, when they lie under oath and we look back afterwards and we can see that they were lying, how come is it that nothing ever happens to them? I mean, if I lied under oath i 'd get in trouble. something would happen.
1: Well, you're right, and the answer is that they should be referred for prosecution to the U.S. Attorney's Office, but uh, as you see, that almost never happens. By the way, Daniel, have you ever heard of Stan's Donuts out there? Oh, my God. You have, (laughs) right?
10: The first time I called, you put them on to me, and uh, they're probably going to take a year off my life, so it's all your fault.
1: (laughs) Aren't they great? Oh, my. Look, I love donuts, and they're wonderful small donut shops out there but I've never had a donut like Stan's donut. Am I right, Daniel? Be the, tell the truth.
10: I'm, I'm honestly telling the truth. They're the best. They have, a, they have a strawberry glazed donut that's probably the best thing I've ever tasted.
1: But they're plain glazed donuts and they're chocolate frosted donuts. What the hell am I talking about? Daniel, you're lucky. I'm here. You take care of yourself, buddy. I'm telling you, these donuts, I can't describe it. Eh, what's the point? Steve, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the great WAPI, go. Yes, sir, uh, I'm a you know, very strong conservative.
2: Every day when I listen to the radio coming and going to work, I'm more and more conservative. I've had about enough of this, but at one point, other than Christ coming back, I would like to your opinion on how far this is going to go, when are we going to reach critical mass, when are enough good God-fearing conservatives to say enough enough, I'm sick of you ramming this stuff down my throat. We're not taking it anymore. How do you predict? What is your prediction on how this is going to end? Assuming at some point something's got to change.
1: Here's my view. If we don't eventually move toward Article 5 Convention of States and take our Constitution back and take our society back, it's not going to end very well. We will be another failed experiment. But we are Americans. We're not Europeans. We are Americans. We're not from any other continent. And so we do have that going for us. And there are tens of millions of people who think like us, Steve. Uh, but they, the, the, the hard left, the uh, progressive status or status progressives, they, they have controlled the, of the instrumentalities of government. They do. And, and not only just the instrumentality of government, but, the, uh, but the, the, the parasites that are connected to it, like so many in the media. And uh, I wrote a book, my first book. Actually, it's not my first book. It's my third book, Liberty and Tyranny. Do we have a copy of that, Mr. Producer? I'll tell you what. I want to send you a copy, Steve, if you don't have a copy. And I talk about this at some length, and I have a section in the back that I want you to read, and you can call me back. Is that all right?
4: Sure, yeah.
1: All right. But, But keep your chin up. But I understand. I have my days, too. So don't hang up, Steve. James, Santa Monica, California. XM Satellite. Go.
2: Mark Levin, a real honor to be on your show. Uh, Thank I'm you. a new listener, but it's phenomenal. I learn a Thank lot you. every time I listen. And here's my 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 beef here. And I, it's yes, sir. a lot of people's a lot of people's beef. But with the FBI DOJ with this type of corruption, and it's obvious. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're facing a real crisis in the mm-hmm. United States. It's almost yep. in that we're living in in Venezuela or, or Pakistan or, or some corrupt country
1: or There's your state, California.
2: Than, yeah. Oh, we're the worst.
1: Mm-hmm. We're the well, worst. So, and, what is your question, my brother?
2: Well, my my question is is you know, and I I think I've heard it from your other listener. How do we uh,
1: you know how do we well I have things? to go the music means I have to go continue to listen to the program we talk out these problems all the time but keep your chin up all right I'll see you in well 30 minutes on the Fox News channel just 30 minutes 9:30 p.m. Eastern time on Hannity we salute all you heroes out there thank you check out Levin TV and I'll see you tomorrow God bless.